Welcome to 12 Minutes of Dauntless Commentary on Widely Unaccepted Truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. So I figured it was about time for an extra unpopular topic. So welcome. Today, we are going to be tackling the cultural norm of that once-in-a-lifetime repentance. You know that I prayed when I was seven, so I'm good. I was baptized. I've been going to church for five, 10, 15 years. I've served in ministry for decades, so I'm, I'm good in the repentance department. Um, I've been there, done that. I even wear a shirt that says that. And so all, one, or, one or more of these things, we use this as an exemption to live a life of repentance because we've done that already and for some reason we think that once we've done it once once we prayed that initial prayer of repentance to receive salvation that we're good to go for a lifetime but let me tell you if you're listening to this you've obviously not made it to heaven yet and therefore repentance is not over for you very unpopular topic indeed But nevertheless, it is a truth that we find over and over and over again in the scriptures. And I have picked out just a few verses to share to talk about how that this repentance is not supposed to be that once in a lifetime event. It's not supposed to be an event, but more a lifestyle. It's supposed to be a part of our walk with Christ. This is not in my notes, but First John talks about if we say we have no sin, then we make then then we deceive ourselves and we make him out to be a liar. And he's not writing to he's writing to a church. He's writing to believers when he writes this letter. And so he's saying if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And then he says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's in First John, chapter one, verse nine, I believe. And so this is not a a one-time event. In Psalms 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. This is an ongoing thing. This is not a a just one-time. This is a statement of the heart. This is the status of the heart. In Psalm uh, 69 verse 5 it says oh god it is you who knows my folly and my wrongs are not hidden from you this again is not if you look at the life of david did did he just repent one time no he, he messed up a lot and so do we so if we look at the people in the bible who repeatedly returned to the lord if you look at the life of the israelites how they 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 were in that cycle of doing what God wanted and then falling away and then coming back and repenting. And they were in that cycle that I feel like we can identify with that cycle. Like Romans chapter 7, when Paul talks about that he he doesn't do the things that he wants to do and he does the things he doesn't want to do and that struggle with flesh and spirit to, to try to do the things that God wants. And it's that constant cycle of, of failing and returning to repent. And we need to make repentance a part of our lives, not because we are trying to sin, but because we are not perfect. And because we are not perfect, we offend God on so many levels. We cannot attain to his holiness in ourselves. So repentance should be a vital part of our walk with Christ. One, 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 one more verse I want to share is Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, 
when John is penning these words of Jesus to the churches, and Jesus says to the church, Therefore remember from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. He Again, he he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to believers. He's speaking to us, saying it's not that one-time thing unless you go back and do it again, unless you continue in that lifestyle of repentance, you're in trouble. Repentance is an important part of our walk with Christ. And there is a difference in this repentance and remorse. Uh, just a couple weeks ago in Bible study, my husband shared a story that outlines the difference between repentance and remorse and kind of helps us see what true repentance looks like. So there was this little boy whose mother was baking cookies and she had the cookies, she pulled them out of the oven. And so, you know, it smelled good, they looked good. And she told her son, you can't have these right now. They're for the party tonight, so don't eat any. And he's like, okay, I won't, I won't, I won't. And so she goes into the next room to start cleaning and and preparing for the party. And when she leaves the room, he reaches out and he takes a cookie. And she comes back in there and he's got chocolate all over his mouth. And it's obvious that he didn't listen. And she so she caught him and she's like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I will never do it again. I know I shouldn't have done it. And I am so sorry. And so in that moment, he is repentant. He's remorseful, at least in that moment. And then as soon as his mother's like, okay, it's okay. Just don't do it again. I forgive you. Don't do it again. And she leaves the room again to continue what she's doing in the house. And the little boy stays in the kitchen. And as soon as his mother leaves again for the second time, he reaches out and he takes another cookie. And so we look at that. And we're like, well, he wasn't really sorry. He was sorry he got caught. But was he really sorry in his heart? Because he stayed there and he did the exact same offense again. He repeated the offense. And as we were talking about this true repentance and what that looks like in our lives, our friend Malik spoke up and shared this, and I'm going to share it with you. Like furthering on the analogy of the mother and the son, um, when when the son got caught with the cookies, he was so, so, in that moment at least, he was so, so repentful. And maybe it was just because he was hyped up on emotions. He might have been just mad that he got caught or upset that he got caught. But either way, like he is so full of just repentance of like, mom, like, I am so, so sorry. I'm never going to do it again. I didn't mean it. Like, like I just sorrow, just really just sorry for what he did truly. But then his, his mom walked out and, and she went back to cleaning and she went back to her duties. And like response of the kid was not, I cannot handle myself in front of these cookies. It was, I think I can still sit here. And because of that, he paid the price. He, he didn't recognize that he was a kid and therefore he succumbed I guess to his temptation and like went back for the cookies and like for a second time the mom would come back in and say like like what are you doing like I told you these are not like you're not ready for this yet man the the immense in the moment that kid is never not going to feel sorry but when he leaves he should be able to say like like man I am a kid and I can't trust myself to stay here with these cookies so he should have the only way that he could have the best possible way to 
look after himself and respect his mom's word would be to follow his mom into the living room while she is vacuuming. That's the only way. He could have said like, like, man, I can't, I can sit here in this kitchen and it'll be totally fine with these cookies right here. But no, he's a kid and he's going to just succumb to just what's immediate, what's in front of him when he gets tired. And he could have said like, all right, well, I can leave this maybe like temptation, but I don't need necessarily to go to mom. Like I can just like go up in my room by myself. But eventually, like, I don't know, up in his room, he might get, get hungry and like in there just like with his thoughts, eventually he just like sneaks downstairs and gets some more cookies. But the only way to truly respect the word of his mother is to walk in the room with his mother and to sit there in her presence. Maybe even to ask her like, man, mom, I really, really want these cookies. And, and she would respond like, I didn't tell you that you couldn't have them, but I said not yet. That's a gift for later. That's a gift for the party later. And you're going to enjoy that in the company that I designed, but they're not ready yet. That's the only way. Like, there's no way, like... The, the peace that you would get with sitting with the person of authority and, and talking with them with your desires, and but also just fleeing from that temptation that's immediate, that's right in front of you. And that's why repentance isn't just a one-time thing. It's not just like, oh man, either I got caught or like I feel really bad in this one moment, I need to repent. But it's a daily like, man, I'm gonna repent because I know who I am and I know who I am without God that I need to follow in the presence of God and just like sit there and rest there. And if I have desires to make those known, to, to talk those out with God, but it's to recognize that we are children, that we are not capable of controlling our emotions all the time or our immediate desires. And it's to go sit in the presence of authority. Have you ever looked at repentance that way? As not just, I'm sorry in this moment, but it's going to govern my next action. It's going to make me pursue him in a way that I haven't before. It's going to make me surrender and make me realize who I am without him to the point that I just want to be in his presence. And if I can follow him closely, if I can go where he is, then it will keep me from falling back into that same cycle of doing things that disappoint him or offend him. That's what repentance looks like. It's not just this prayer that we pray, but it's this pursuit of him and following closely to him and being in the presence of the authority in our lives. If he is Lord of our life, then we should strive and desire to be in his presence. And if we are in his presence, doing the things that he loves doing the things that he appreciates and not the things that offend him or disappoint him will come so much easier when we stay in his presence. What a very practical way to look at a lifestyle of repentance and say, it's not just how I pray. It's not just the words coming out of my mouth, but it's my daily commitment and decision to stay connected to him, to go where he is, to learn what he's doing and to follow his heart, to stay connected to the authority that I have submitted to, that I claim to have submitted to over my life. That is repentance. So the challenge is quit looking at repentance as something you did at one time and you're good to go for life. Repentance is an invitation to stay closer than you've ever stayed before. Mm -hmm.